Welcome to Evan Makovsky's Business Podcast. I am your host, Evan Makovsky, and it's my pleasure to have on this episode Mariah Eckhart. She is the Vice President and General Manager of Burt's Bees. Mariah, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you for having me, Evan. It's great to be here. Well, Mariah, let's start and get right to it. What is important to a company leading a mission-driven business? How has that changed being part of a larger organization, especially as the founder stepped away from the business? That is a great question, Evan. Let me jump into this. So I think, you know, first I'll start. Burt's Bees, for those that don't know this, Burt's Bees is a leading natural personal care company. We are most known for our lip balm. Um, but we actually have products in many categories across beauty, skincare, and baby. We were founded in 1984. We were led, started by Roxy and Quimby and Bert Shavitt, who were our founders, really on a mission. And they used to often say, we take from the earth and therefore we must protect and provide for the earth. And that really comes from an, the idea that the brand was founded on finding really effective natural ingredients and doing that in a way that preserves and protects the planet as we do it. And that has really been their mission from the start. And that's some 40 years ago when they started it. And we um, at Burt's Bees are still on that mission. And I joined the company about 16 years ago. I had not worked for a mission-driven business before. And I think um, I can confidently say now I will always work for a mission-driven business. I love it because it gives you a reason to come to work every day that is part of a commitment that's so much bigger than me or than, than what we might be doing in a day. And at Burt's Bees, we call that our greater good business model. And that is essentially our version of a triple bottom line of people, planet, and profit. And we think that this is a part of what attracts consumers to us because they also believe in our mission. We've been consistent with our mission since day one. And I think that that's important to consumers now more than ever. And very importantly, it's important to the people on our teams and the people that want to come work here. I think we do a really great job of attracting amazing talent because they come because they also believe in our mission. Nice answer there, Mariah. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about Bert, okay? Is there really a Bert? Who's Bert? So I mentioned this earlier. Bert is one of our founders. Bert and Roxanne started the company in 1984. It is amazing how much I get asked the question of if there is really a Bert. Yes, there is really a Bert. It's not just a picture on our packaging. And Bert was a beekeeper back in the day. He started as a photojournalist and then grew up in New York City, left New York City and moved to rural Maine where he took up beekeeping. And while he was there, he met Roxanne Quimby, who... Um, he would go on to found the company with, and she saw something amazing in the potential of what we could do or what they could do at the time and started making candles with some of his leftover beeswax. So from there, they took those candles, started selling them at craft fairs, and then a couple of years later came up with became, what became our most iconic product of the lip balm. Yes. So we like to talk about them as an artist and a beekeeper <laughs> that both had a strong sort of vision and commitment to what they were doing. And Bert passed away in 2015, I think, but we had, had spent a fair amount of time with him. I personally had spent a fair amount of time with him beforehand. And there's actually a fascinating documentary that guy we met, our doc documentary filmmaker we met a couple years ago made, and that was called Bert's Buzz, that tells a, a really great story, more of his life 
than anything, but it gives a little bit of the passion and commitment behind the brand when you get to hear his story. So he is very interesting character. Well, he certainly inspired the 16-year employee that you are <laughs> now, especially the last couple years, and even now are kind of tricky as your team had to deal with the pandemic. Everybody had to deal with it, but specifically, maybe you can speak to your team and also now potentially we're moving into a recession. How has your team had to adjust through all those things? It's interesting, as tragic as the pandemic has been really across the world, it has disrupted a sense of stability in a way that I think creates a great moment for innovation. So if you try to be glass half full about it, I think that this is a great moment for innovation, both in how we, in our business, in our products, and really in how we work together. And each of those things have been tricky. Now, I'll say Burt's Bees has been really pretty impacted by the pandemic. If you think about it, it's a, a big portion of our business is products that go on your lips and with our lip balms and lip color and then products that are towelettes or things that you use on the go. And as people were wearing masks and not on the go very much, that impacted our business pretty substantially. It forced us to think differently. And it's been in both in how we behave. And, and I think that we're going to come out stronger and we have even better solutions that we can bring to consumers. And I also think we're going to create better work experiences for our team. So as I think about our, our Omni business as an, as an example, or the business where we sell things on e-commerce has been such more of a focus for us over the last couple of years and will continue to be so because consumer behavior has just shifted to be far more online. And there's so many interesting things that we can do that both from a product standpoint and as well as from how we connect and talk to all of our consumers every day. And I'll also say getting another piece that's been pretty tricky is getting people back together in our offices. We're actually just in the midst. We're probably two to three months back into being having our, our business teams back in the office. Obviously, our manufacturing facilities, which are also Durham-based, have been back the whole time tremendously working hard to make our products, but the business teams are just now going back. And over that two-year period, we hired a lot more remote people. So it's been tricky because we're just trying to figure out how do we reimagine how we're going to work together. And we also want to continue to place, we all value the increased flexibility that remote work has enabled. And so it's this balance of how do you create flexibility, but also get people back together. You're talking about the hybrid work models and what's changed and people are back in. I was just trying to figure out what exactly is the work model you guys are under. A hybrid means you can work from home sometimes, not other times. Is that the current setup? We have people, we have some roles that are there all the time. If we're formulating products, we generally need like our formulators in there or our manufacturing facilities are always obviously on. But for those people that we that can do some work remotely and some work, that's the hybrid. And I would say there's probably half to 70% of our team that's hybrid. And so right now we're trying to go back where we have two to three days a week where we are in the office together and getting focused on what are we going to do on those days so that we make sure that we're, we're having the most valuable work together together and then have the other days, which tend to be Mondays and Fridays, where you're doing personal time or you're connecting with people as those people are remote. And we've changed. I mean, we were about 60 days into it. And we're just updating a bit to try and change new things. But a lot of it's about trial and error and trying to figure out how we learn a little bit and then optimize and, and keep learning. 
And one of the trickiest things I've found, which is which is interesting, is it's, it's sort of human nature to go back to some of the old behaviors and we try and call each other on it. Like, are you just doing this meeting in person because we used to? Or do you really want this meeting in person? And <laughs> what value are we going to get out of it that way? And just because we're back in person doesn't mean we have to be back eight to five. We can come back nine thirty to three thirty. Like, how how do we sort of just not allow ourselves to revert so much back to what felt a bit more like a hamster wheel before? I mean, I feel, and maybe you could give your thoughts on this. Not officially, what's, but I feel like people do want to socialize is not the right word to to integrate with one another work with each other they want to have conversations hey what's going on before maybe a meeting starts they're able to to chat with each other if they're face to face but at the same time now that the pandemic's happened i feel like people definitely though want that option if unless unless their work is mission critical where they have to go into the office to perform it they want that option whether it's two days a week or three days a week to be able to do their work remotely right and that is, and it, so there's different types of people what they inherently want and then i will tell you when we've come back especially the first couple months of it where we were seeing each other more people are ecstatic because they haven't seen each other and you do get really generative in your conversations and you're happy to see each other. And there's just energy. Like I feel like I leave with energy personally, I leave with energy for the business. And that's the moments we're trying to foster. What people don't like is coming into the office and then having to go into a private room to be on a conference call with somebody that's somewhere else, because then you feel like you've driven to the office just to be sort of alone in a room. And so that's what we're trying to figure Like, how do we create, what are, are there brainstorm sessions that are predetermined? They're going to be on these days so people can plan to come in. Or how do you try and make sure that the, we are intent, more intentional. You have to be more intentional about the time together so that it does have that generative nature. And people do love it. Like we had a couple celebrations the first week we were back and we had food trucks and did, I mean, we just had all this fun stuff. It was, and it's like a reunion of sorts. And we have a pretty strong culture at Burt's Bees anyway. So it was just fun to see that come back to life. So you've been with the company for quite some time. What's your favorite Burt's product, Mariah, and why? <laughs> so I have, I obviously use a lot of the products. My favorite is our cleansing oil, which we developed probably six or seven years ago when cleansing oils were becoming big, it, coming from Korea. And it is a just a very luxurious formula that does not leave a film or residue on your face. So that is my like number one. And then our assortment of like lip products is really outstanding. And so you, I can't not say something about our lip products. And I would say my favorite one right now is probably a overnight lip repair that I put on every night before bed. That is just amazing with a very slight mint tint to it flavor to it you test drive these products yourself even though it's Everything. not necessarily it is your job but it's not your job but you're test driving it anyway and you you have your favorites and you stand as a great ambassador just hearing you speak for the brand every single one in this job especially i get to try every single one of them we have an awesome set of chemists that have been doing this for a long time many have been there for a while and come out of the skincare and beauty industry so they are the real experts they know that i personally like to play with the products if you could see my office right now it is like fluttered with all sorts of samples um, and products that we get to test so well, it is my favorite part of the job what what happens if mariah doesn't like one of these products do we stop production <laughs> around the u.s i mean <laughs> when we want to make you happy what happens then 
not typically not it's also it's very rare that i don't like it but we are far more driven by what our consumers are looking for than what i personally want that is the good thing the team is very anchored in making sure that we are developing our products and serving the consumers and the needs that our broader consumers have but i certainly do get excited about specific ones and it's super fun to play with it i i just love the products and the formulas and the team that i get to work with every day to create them it's really the best part of the job well for sure that's tremendous Mariah, and sounds like you are a great ambassador, like I said, for the brand. And I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Evan. It's great to be here. Well, that's going to wrap things up. I want to thank Mariah Eckhart. She is the vice president and general manager of Burt's Bees. I'm Evan Makovsky, and we will see you on the next episode.